The fast days on the Jewish calendar are not intended to remain fast days or days of mourning. They are all intended to become happy, joyous days, as we'll see from Asura Batavis, the first in the series of fasts that commemorate the destruction of Yerushalayim and the Beis Amikdash, and its proximity always to Parashat Svayigash, how both the Parasha and the Haftar will give us insight into what is so special about the turnaround of the fasts on our calendar. Asura Batavis is Chol Alamo Bismichus to Shabbos Parashat Svayigash. Always you'll find that Asura Batavis is Parashat Svayigash. Because the Shaloh HaKadosh tells us that the fasts are always thematically associated with the parishes that they are close to. So therefore, he's moving us to the same from Asar Batevis to Shaychus to Parashas Vayigash. There has to be a link then between Parashas Vayigash and Asar Batevis. Let's try to find out what it is. Vishleimer. As we bald as Asar Batevis is derision, Shayrish from Allah Dalit Say, most kids will come and see if they Zion. Because Asar Batevis is the first of, and actually, in a sense, the source of all the other fasts that commemorate destruction in Yerushalayim and the base Amigdash, as we shall see. It's a Shaychus Vishan Parashas Vayigash Un Asar Batevis, the connection we're going to have between the Parasha. And the fast is not no mitzadem protestikin inyan from tzemu ha'asiri will not only be a link to whatever the specifics of this fast of the tenth of Tavis is, but not oich mitzadem inyan aklolu from the dalat tzemus. It's going to represent something about all of the four fasts and what they are all about. Because we know that the objective of these four fasts, which all commemorate things about the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, is not simply to get stuck in history, but actually to motivate the restoration of the third Beis Amigdash. And in that case, that means that these fasts will no longer be fasts, and in fact they'll become days of joy. Using that logic, we can say, the fact that there's a link between Parashas Vayigash and Asura Batevis, and by extension, the other four fasts, the nature of that link should be, will be a link to the purpose, the intention behind these fasts, in other words, the Parasha and the Haftarah, will be linked to what these fasts are supposed to be like in their ultimate state when Mashiach comes. So, what is the pas- what is the parasha talk about? Taken for parashas vayigosh is ongetayt vibayedas sedir near naman vayigosh. Well, if you want to know the theme of vayigosh, look at the name, which is the hagosha fun Yehuda Yosef. It's Yehuda approaching and coming close to his brother Yosef, not yet knowing that it is Yosef. And because that's the theme of the parasha, Vastefar is the haftorah from the sedra, the haftorah of this parasha. Vas haftorah zaynami in yonashal parasha, where the haftorahs are always matched to the theme of the parasha. Is vegendim ichud from Yehuda and Yosef was vetzayin liyaseid lavi. The parasha is about Yehuda making an approach to Yosef. The haftorah takes it to a whole different level. It is about the reunion of Yehuda and Yosef, which will happen in the future when Mashiach comes. Was dos is. They'll become a single unit. That is something we get a taste of when Yehuda approaches Yosef in the parasha. So what's the theme? Bringing together Yehuda and Yosef, something about the time of Moshiach. Noch and another detail about this. The union of Yehuda and Yosef as described in the Aftar, which is radically different to the parasha, is as follows. Even though they'll be absolutely united, we still see Yehuda is kind of singled out. That means 
even though it is a reunion and a unifying of Yehuda and Yosef, as we've discussed. Yet the Tanakh makes it clear in the Haftarah that Yehuda will still have a certain advantage over Yosef. That's why the Pasuk tells us clearly, the ultimate king and ruler over the Jewish people, of course, Mashiach himself, will be David, in other words, from Shevet Yehuda. So there are two points we have to look at over here. On these two points, that there's a union of Yehuda and Yosef, and that Yehuda still has an advantage. And they'll both play out in the time of Mashiach. So the Yichud from Yehuda and Yosef, the union of Yehuda and Yosef. And that Yehuda is the main component of that new forged reality. Those two points will play out in our understanding of how these four fasts will be in the time of Mashiach. Where will we find that information? We're going to start with the Rambam. The Rambam brings in Sefer Chastainus Dem Yud. At the end of going through the halachas of fast days, the Rambam quotes the promise. That when Mashiach comes, the fast will be transformed. For the house of Yehuda, they will become celebratory. And they will love peace and love, uh, truth and peace. So even though it speaks about this truth and peace, which indicates, of course, unity, yet the Rambam Dafka mentions specifically the house of Yehuda, which links to our point that Yehuda will have some prominence over Yosef even when Moshiach comes, and we'll explain this in greater detail. We'll talk about it. On their inyan. The fact that we single out the house of Yehuda when describing how the fast will in the future be Yomim Tevim is a detail that is particularly relevant to Asura Betevis, and that also will explain later in the Sikha Kidrikamon Sifudzain. To understand all of this, let's look at what the Rambam is actually telling us and pay attention to his words. Let's explore the Rambam. Let's review. What did the Rambam say? All of these fasts will all be cancelled when Mashiach comes. Not only will they be cancelled, they will also become holidays. We may saw some simchon days of rejoicing, and then he brings a pasuk to prove it. Chenemar koyam arashem tzvaka is this what David says? Tzayim araviv, tzayim achamishiv, tzayim ashviv, tzayim asiri. The fast of Shivas Betamos, of Tishabav, of Tzayim Gedalia, and of Asar Betavis. Yelaveis Yehuda will be for the house of Yehuda. The sasha and the simchon mayad dim tovim v'ha'emes v'ashalim ehovah. That's the part we already quoted. Be great celebration and yomtiv, and they will love truth and peace. Where is the Rambam basing this information on? The Mokr Fundaloch is in Tesefta Sef Tainis. It's a Tesefta at the end of the Gemara Tainis, except the Gemara says things a little differently to how the Rambam does. We're going to pay attention to those differences, try and understand why the Rambam said it in the way that he did. So, Abadot is the Loshan there in the Tesefta Tainis. It says, Those special days, which are currently fasts, Will in the future be holidays for the Jewish people? Shenemar, and he quotes the same passage. Now we have to understand the difference in language between the Rambam and the Tosefta. How come the Rambam says this as two different statements? The Tosefta said one statement the fast days will become Yomim Tovim. The Rambam says, He first makes mention of the fact that they'll be cancelled as fast days. And then, after that, 
separately based. Not only that, they'll actually become days of celebration and festivity. Why doesn't he just keep it succinct? Why doesn't he keep it as brief as the Tesefta? What were fast days will become Yomim Tevim. Obviously, it's if they're becoming Yomim Tevim, the fast is cancelled. Why does he split it in two? Next question. How come Rashi, uh, sorry, the Rambam leaves out what seems to be a really important word from the Tesefta? The Tesefta says that there'll be holidays for the Jewish people. Surely we need that word. Seeing as you're about to quote both in the Tosefta and in the Rambam, you're going to quote a Pasuk that singles out Beis Yehuda and says there'll be joy for Beis Yehuda. Because the simple source of this Pasuk is actually describing things as they would be in the time of the second Beis Amigdash when there were ten lost tribes who hadn't come back. So that's why we're describing Beis Yehuda because those were the Jews in Israel at the time. That's why you need to say, surely, the word Yisrael, to expand that even though the Pasuk says that it would be rejoicing for Beis Yehuda, it actually means rejoicing for the whole Jewish nation, including the ten lost tribes. Why doesn't the Rambam tell us that? And one last question. Why, if the Pasuk is here to tell us that fast days will be coming on Mimtovim, Quote the part of the Pasuk that says that. Why is it relevant to know that they love truth and peace? What's that got to do with anything? Okay, so it's possible that the two last questions actually answer each other. The fact that we that the Rambam doesn't say the word Yisrael, even though surely he should expand out that every single Jewish person, including the Ten Shvatim, will celebrate the Yom Tovim that were fasts. And why does he have the Pasuk because the Rambam does have to make it clear to us that the celebratory yontiv of what were fast will be for all Jews. Despite the fact that the Pasuk being quoted singles out Beis Yehuda. So to illustrate that, bring the Rambam Maybe that's why the Rambam quoted the end of the Pasuk that they will love truth and peace. In other words, he's alluding to the fact that when Mashiach comes, there'll be ultimate peace. Which means, the ultimate peace is to take what were the two factions of Judaism, the house of Yosef and the house of Yehuda, and now they'll come together <coughs> in union. They will love the peace and, and the truth, obviously, but the peace which is relevant to us. That could help us understand how a simcha, which is originally a simcha directed at the house of Yehuda, will actually be a simcha for all Jewish people. Therefore, the Rambam wouldn't need the word Yisrael because the Pasuk already gives us the context that at Shalom, everybody participates. Great answer, but as Bleib Dobinik Moven leaves us with a question. If that is the answer, why is the Rambam alluding to the fact that all Jews will participate in the Simcha? Why doesn't he just say it blatantly, openly, like the Tesefta does? That these will be days of Yomtev for the whole Jewish people. We're also going to now compare the Rambam and the Tesefta to the way it's brought in Halacha in the Tur. We can ask another question. Also in the tour, it says pretty much the same thing, but a different pasuk. It conveys the same message as we've just learned that 
the fast will be cancelled and they'll turn into Yomim Tovim for the entire Jewish people. Not in tourists, they're lost, but listen to how the tourist says. In the future, that the Abish will transform what were days of fasts to become days of celebration. And he brings a different, probably better Pasuk. I will transform their grieving into rejoicing. And I will comfort them and I will cause them joy where previously they had anguish. So now we have a question about the Rambam. What is the Rambam? Which is a Pasuk, as we've already mentioned, that on the face of it is actually describing how things would be in the time of the second base Hamikdash, not in the time of Mashiach. And that Pasuk did raise an issue for us because it seems to single out Beis Yehuda instead of the entire Jewish people. The Rambam could have avoided all of this trouble by quoting the same Pasuk as the Tur. He could have quoted the Pasuk that says, I will transform their mourning into a jubilation. Which is clearly talking about the time of Moshiach. And it definitely conveys the message more clearly, no? So now that we have noted the differences between the Rambam and the Tur, the one which we already mentioned before, that the Rambam splits the process into two, cancelling the fasts, and then independently of that, making the fast into Yamtiv, whereas the Tur just says they'll be transformed into Yamtiv. And also the fact that the Rambam quotes a different Pasuk to the Tur. The reason for these two distinctions is because in the Rambam splitting his description of how the fast will be shifted when Mashiach comes, by splitting that, he's giving us key information, and that key information will actually resolve all the other questions we have about the Rambam. So let's understand. Our starting point is, let's understand the difference between the Pasuk from Zechariah that the Rambam quoted and the Pasuk from Yirmiya that the Torah quoted. Once we understand the difference in their messaging and their content, it will help us understand where the Rambam is going, which is really going to be our focus. We're talking about What's going to, so the, sorry, the second one, he going to the second one, so the one is saying, yeah, it's going to become days of joy, and the other is saying, the whole is going to be transformed into joy. Now, it might sound like we're splitting heads, those are really important distinctions, in order to understand that, we have to analyze that there are three different things that will happen in the process of turning fast days into Yom Emtayman. Aleph, the first is, Ditsoymus Velen Botel Veren, obviously the fasts themselves will be cancelled, will no longer fast on Tisha so because there'll be this global peace, there will no longer be a requirement to fast. Like the psak, the halacha is that when it is a time of global peace, in other words, when we have removed all of the pain for which we're fasting, obviously we don't fast. That's phase one. Cancel the fasts. Base phase two is not only will those days no longer be fast days, but they'll actually become days of rejoicing. 
Wie er schleunt mir aus, das Gefühl, was mir geht, er ist von der Matze, war mit Zaire. And it's quite logical, because if a person's been in a difficult position, and now they're relieved from that position, Xerz HaMalchus, and Ein Sholem, if they're living under decrees of the kingdom, in Golos, without peace. Om er steht in der Matze von Yer Sholem, now suddenly things are good, there's just a tremendous sense of relief. Obviously, you'll be joyous. So, in the same way as we no longer have to fast because the world is good, we will naturally be joyous because the world is good. But then there's a third component which is much more radical. Not only were the dates on the calendar that used to be assigned to fast now be assigned to celebration. Now, it's far deeper than that. The Indian gufa, the concept of what a fast is, what that day is all about will become a source of joy. Similar to what the Pasuk tells us in Yeshaya, that when Moshiach comes, we'll be grateful to the Yishter for the distress he placed on us. The cause and reason for our gratitude will be what was previously the cause of our pain. The cause and reason of our simcha and celebration will be what previously was the fast day. Let's understand that. And in order to do so, we're going to remind ourselves that the purpose of a fast is not to mourn. It is to encourage us to tshuva. As the Rambam says clearly, tshuva also has three important stages to us, which will align with the three stages of the transformation of these fast days. Tainis is medarche, tshuva, who the Rambam tells us, fasting is one of the modes of tshuva. Tshuva has many channels. The one important channel is tshuva mi'ahava, where a person is motivated to do tshuva out of a sense of love and wanting to connect to Hashem. And that has three components to it, which are similar to the three ways in which the fast days will be transformed in the time of Mashiach. Number one, when a person has this drive to reconnect with Hashem through tshuva out of love of Hashem, it completely uproots, or to borrow a word that we've used, cancelled the Averis that a person had. The Averis veren bottle. That's it. The Averis no longer exist. Level one, like the fasts, no longer exist. Bay is level two. When a person is motivated to do Teshuvah, not out of a sense of fear, not out of a sense of regret, but out of a sense of enthusiasm and, and, and passion to connect to Hashem, that person will end up doing many, many more mitzvahs, many more maizim tevim. So the net result will not just simply be the removal of the bad, but because of the process of trying to mitigate that Avera, the person is going to add more good, more positive. That's like saying the day that used to be a Yomtev is now designated on the calendar as a day for extra Simcha to compensate for the, yomtev, uh, for the fast. Gimel, the third state is the ultimate state of doing Tshuva out of love of Hashem is the original Wanton transgressions now are, are counted as merits. Besides the fact that the person will add new, fresh, additional mitzvahs as a response to their tshuva. But the ultimate state is what was previously called an avera. The content of that action was an avera is now considered a credit, a merit, because it motivated this tshuva. That's like the day that was a fast day. Now the same motivation of what made it a fast day originally is the reason it's a celebration today. 
Because we know, in order for Mashiach to come, the Rambam tells us, we as a Jewish nation have to do tshuva. So therefore, the three elements of tshuva will reflect in the three ways that the fasts, which are a representation of Gula, will manifest. We go through the three phases of tshuva mi'ahava, and it causes the three phases of uh, reversal of the, of, of the fasts and, and replacement of the fasts. With that information in mind, we can address what actually is a very generic but important question about the Rambam. In fact, it's a question we can apply to the Shulchan Aruch too. We know that the Rambam's objective in writing the Yad HaChazaka, as he himself tells us in the introduction, that's the same objective with the Turin Shulchan Aruch, is to teach us Halochis. And if this is a book of halacha, we need to understand what's the halacha in the fact that there is a promise that when Mashiach comes, the fast will be replaced by Yom Tov. Perhaps in the Rambam we have a, a ready answer. Because one thing the Rambam does, which is unique in the Yad HaChazoka, is addresses halachic issues that will only be relevant in the time of Moshiach. And maybe this is relevant in the time of Moshiach, that there'll no longer be fasts. That's a halacha. But that would not explain why the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch would speak about the fasts and their status in the time of Moshiach. Those are not books that address halacha in the age of Moshiach. Why is it relevant for us in halachic terms to know that these fasts will be neutralized when Moshiach comes? Is the B or Bozes explanation is the Mitis Muvur V Azoi Sadav Zainatainis? It's part of the halach of how you fast, what fasts are, how we approach a fast, how we actually experience the fast. The Chuva Fundem Tainis, Uchanala Zatainis Medakia Chuvahu. A fast is primarily about Chuva, as the Rambam pointed out. Therefore, Darv Zainan Azar Oifan Halacha tells us what kind of Chuva has to be associated with the fast. <laughs> the Rambam and even the Turin Shulchan Aruch are telling us the halacha is what kind of tshuva do you have to do on a fast? The kind that will turn the fast into a Yom Tif. Now we can understand the difference between the two psukim that could potentially be brought to illustrate what's going to happen to fast when Mashiach comes. The Pasuk, the Rambam quotes about how these days, and the, he tells us the dates on the calendar, will all be turned into days of rejoicing. Red, Vegandi, Yemei Hatsoim is describing the days that are currently fast days, as the Teg, Velenzan Yomim Tevim, that in the future these days will be Yomtevs. In other words, besides the fact that they will no longer be fast. This Pasuk is highlighting days that were originally designated as fasts. Those days will become days of Yom Whereas the Pasuk, the Tur quotes from Yirmiyo about transforming our grief into jubilation, that is not describing the days, it's describing our feeling of grief. Then in place of the sentiment of mourning and grief, we will have the sentiment of joy and rejoicing.
on the Tamachiluk, why would we draw that distinction? The Pasuk, as we already mentioned, the Pasuk in Zechariah, which the Rambam quotes, is actually describing how things are in the second base Amigdash period. And we know that the, base, the second base Amigdash was lacking five key elements. So there's no question that during the second base Amigdash, it wasn't a complete transformation of the fasts into joy. Whereas the Pasuk in Yirmiyo, which says, Our morning will be transformed into joy, that's describing the time of Mashiach. Where everything's going to be perfect, the Beis will be perfect, the Geula will be perfect, and therefore the transformation of the fast into Simcha will be perfect. So, for the Rambam's purposes, he wants to bring the pastor from Bayesheni even though it wasn't a complete transformation because he wants to tell us the transformation has to be the days themselves, not just the mood. With this we can understand, yes, the Rambam is bringing what appears to be a weaker pastor because it's talking about the second base and not a complete transformation of negative to positive. You would have expected the Rambam to quote the pastor in Yermiho that the negative is transformed into positive. Because it describes a far more advanced transformation of grief into joy than the Pasuk the Rambam does quote. So why does the Rambam quote that Pasuk? Because because the Rambam's intention is not just to tell us that dates on the calendar previously allocated for fasts will now be times of Yontav. The Rambam wants to know, wants us to know the date that was a day of fasting as mandated on the calendar. The nature of the day will change to become a day of simcha. Vahabira meaning. So that's why the Rambam is telling us this concept of fast days becoming yomim tovim as a follow up to what. He tells us, stage one is, all the fasts will be cancelled. Then he says, not only that, but they will also be transformed. In other words, the Rambam is making it clear to us, the fact that these fast days will become Yomim Tevim, is a whole new experience, a whole new phase, a whole new revolution, that is far greater than the fact that they'll be cancelled from being fast days. And you can hear it in his language. Okay, Not only that. I'm going to tell you something even more amazing. When the Rambab is making such an exaggerated statement. But wait, there's more. He's obviously not just saying dates that used to be fast are now dates allocated to Yom Tov. Because as we've already mentioned, cancel the fast, we're already basimcha. But that's human nature. If there is something that creates anguish and it's now resolved, it's removed. We are now happy on the day that previously was associated with pain. That's not the Rambam's innovation. So therefore you have to conclude By the Rambam using such extreme language Not only are they cancelled But more than that 
is as it's because the Rambam wants to know wants us to know not only did the date shift from being a fast to being a yomtiv, but the energy of the fast became an energy of yomtiv. And if then bring to derive from the pasuk as the etzimim from tsoim goimer yia goimer asosin asimcha begoimer that's why he quotes the pasuk that he does that the tsoim itself is now is now simcha. Haraya if then as the pasuk tsoim goimer yia goimer asosin goimer can get taich for an oich v'shaych tsoim and atsoim gufa just to clarify that this is a correct way to translate what we're putting so to speak into the Rambam's words that he's saying the fast itself becomes the energy of celebration. So we can understand the Gefit in Bach. We can find this from an expression that the Bach uses. Here's what the Bach says. Porach bi Gemara, Gemara asks a question, if in Pasuk and all the Pasuk that we've quoted, Kari la Tsoim. You are saying, Tsoim achamishiva, Tsoim aravi. You're calling the day a day of fast. Vekari la Sosan, you're calling the same day a day of rejoicing. Pirish alosh, an enemy Yushav says the Bach, what's the Gemara telling us? The language doesn't add up. It sounds like you're saying the day of fast is itself a day of joy. Which is impossible. A fast day is a day of pain and anguish. says the Bach, it should have said. In other words, he's explaining the Gemara's question. The Gemara is asking, it should have said. The month that previously had pain because of the fast day should become a month of joy because of the the cancelling of the fast day. The month is transformed from a month of mourning into a month of rejoicing. So what's relevant to us is what the Bach has pointed out. As the the fact that the Pasuk speaks about a fast being transformed. Rather than a month being transformed, alludes to the fact that the fast itself becomes joyous, which is the Rambam's point. We've previously discussed in great detail that the Rambam believes that the whole messianic process is phased. As the Shito Soivel and Zayin Dem Tzvei to Kufis Klolias, and there are two major chapters to the period of Mashiach. Aleph one is the Tkufa from Tchilas in Moisam Mashiach. This is the first phase of the Messianic Age. Vos Vegen Dem Ved Kizokt as Ein Bein Oylem Azelim Moisam Mashiach Alashibet Malchus Bilvad. And at that phase, the only real difference between the world as we know it and the world of Mashiach is that we will no longer have uh, persecuting nations. The nature of the world won't change. At that phase, no surprises, no miraculous change of nature. The world continues as we know it. Then the Rambam says, There will be a secondary phase or a later phase. The time when there'll be resurrection, which obviously is completely unnatural. When the nature, the natural process of the world will be completely revamped, even according to the Rambam. And there'll be new laws of nature. The only thing the Rambam says, I'm not getting into the details because nobody knows how exactly it will play out until it happens. And the Rambam says to know the information of how it's going to play out is not fundamental to our belief system. If he doesn't go into those details in Yad HaZaka. And with this distinction between the Rambams, we have the two chapters of how Mashiach happens, we could resolve a whole lot of questions about seemingly contradictory statements like the Rambam saying there's no difference between our world and Moshiach, except for the lack of anti-Semitism and persecution, and then the same Rambam talking about Tchiyas which obviously is a change. 
But now we know that that's the Rambam's shita, the Rambam's outlook on how Moshiach works. We can appreciate why the Rambam, unlike the Turin, unlike the Tesefta, split the nature of what's going to happen to the fast into two chapters as well. Because the Rambam obviously believes that there are two phases of what happens to fast days in the Messianic age, and they happen at two different stages of the unfolding of Mashiach. In the first for the first phase of the Messianic age, where the main difference is we live in a world of peace. Well, then there's no longer reason to fast because we're living in a world of peace. As we've already mentioned, the nature of societies and of people is that when a day that previously was such a bad day has been resolved, it becomes a happy day. So we'll always remember Tishabov was so painful. Now it's a great day. We're relieved and we're joyous over the fact that we no longer need a Tishabov. But the second concept, that fast days, which as the Bach described, are inherently days of anguish. They should now become days which are inherently days of joy. That is unnatural. It does not belong in the first phase of Moshiach. That's only going to happen later on in the second phase of the Moshiach period. And that's why the Rambam splits them into two statements. Now we still have one question. What about Beis Yehuda? What's this whole fascination with Beis Yehuda? Surely the joy of the fast days will apply to everybody. So let's go back to why it is that the Rambam quotes from Zechariah, where he speaks about joy for the house of Yehuda, instead of quoting Yirmiyah, that says that there'll be a reversal of, of grief for everybody. It's because the Rambam needs to discuss Beis Yehuda in this context for the following reason. What's the reason? Who experienced the Golos most intensely? The is by Beis Yehuda. It is Beis Yehuda, meaning to say the Jews who were not exiled by Sancherev, who actually bore the brunt of Golos. It's not something that happened to the ten tribes. They were sent away, never seen again. Like the Piotan Tishabov, where Ahaliva, which is effectively speaking uh, from Yehuda's perspective, says, You were uh, moved, or you had to wonder once, and I, many times. <laughs> many, many Goliaths. The ten tribes had one Golos, and we had many, many Goliaths. Because we've already mentioned a few times that the nature is when we have been in an anguished position and then it is relieved, that causes the simcha. So the greater the anguish, the greater the simcha that follows. So if we want to illustrate how great the celebration will be around the fasts in the future, Therefore, the Rambam quotes a pasuk that speaks about Beis Yehuda, which emphasizes as Beis Yehuda will have the greatest joy and simcha and celebration over their release from Golos. Because they had the worst experience of Golos. No, but because the nature of the time will be everybody in unification, in union, and everybody loving peace. The two factions will reunite, Yehuda and Yosef. 
that intense simcha, which is a natural experience of Beis Yehuda, because of the unity and the connection between all Jews, all Jews will be sucked into and experience this intense, intense simcha that Beis Yehuda has. So now this point we've just raised, which is because Beis Yehuda had the worst experience of Golis and therefore they'll have the greatest Simcha when Golis is over. Surely that's something that even applies at the second phase. Remember we said the three phases, cancelling the fasts, the fact that naturally once the fast is cancelled, everybody has Simcha, and then the transformation of the fast into a day of joy. So surely even at that second phase, because you've removed the angst, therefore there's Simcha, surely the space Yehuda principle applies already at that point. As we said, the harsher the experience of Golos was, the greater the Simcha when the Golos is over. But we now know that the Rambam, in quoting this Pasuk, actually wanted to get us to the third phase of the transformation of the fast days. That the fast days will not just now be days of relief, but the fast days themselves will be days of joy. There must be embedded in this message that somehow the transformation of a fast into a yomtiv is somehow linked specifically to Beis Yehuda. And to understand that, we need to understand the spiritual significance of the type of avodah Yehuda represents versus the type of avodah that Yosef represents. And this is why they're two factions, because they're two main streams of how you serve Hashem. Here's the explanation according to Chassidus. The distinction between the kind of avoider that Yehuda and Yosef each represent is Yosef is in Yonot Talmud. Yosef represents learning. Yosef means to add. When you learn something, it adds insight, it adds value, it adds in your appreciation for what you're doing. And that is all Gilei Elikus Mamayi When we learn Torah, that is the Eibishter's wisdom from on high being revealed to us down below. Whereas in, Yuna, in Yonah Shal Yehuda is, Yehuda which comes from Haidah, which is acceptance, Kabbalah soul, acknowledging what David wants, that refers to Maiseh, doing what has to be done. And that is primarily Biruvazikuchamato. When you engage in the world of action, you're primarily elevating and refining the world. One of the big differences between if your experience is Hashem shining a light or you digging through the mess and revealing light, from the Chilokim Tzvishen Gila, because Mamayla Lamaton Zikuchamato, when the Ebesha shines a bright light from on high, it cancels the darkness of our world. Whereas, whereas when we work through the messiness of our world to try and elevate it, we actually turn the darkness of our world into light, which is the transformation of darkness into light. Therefore, if we're living in the world of Yosef's avoida, all we can achieve is cancelling what was a fast day. Whereas once we engage in the world of Yehuda, we can actually transform the days that previously were fast days and make those days themselves shine. Days of joy. 
And that also helps us to understand why it's specifically Beis Yehuda who felt the brunt of the Golas. If you're living with Yosef's world, which is revealing godliness from top down, then you can only play in an environment that has some openness, some uh, susceptibility to goodness, to light, to being influenced. But if you live in Yehuda's world, where you're supposed to dredge out all of the goodness that's hidden inside the lowliest parts of this world, then you engage with even the darkest parts of the world. You can even turn around the worst goddess in the darkest place to transform darkness into light. And to do that, you've actually got to be in those dark places. Because Yehuda is operating in the place of ultimate darkness, the upside of that is, if you're working to transform the darkest of the dark into light, you have to be plugged into Hashem's essence, which is beyond the confines of darkness, and beyond the confines of that which has to or is revealed. We see this reflected in the advantage about Tshuva has over a tzaddik. Because about Tshuva's entire approach to Hashem is trying to come back from distance, that reaches to Hashem's essence. It reaches far higher than where a tzaddik could reach because the tzaddik lives in the world of light. And in the world of light, you don't have to plug into Hashem's essence in order to be okay. And that explains the difference between the kind of geula that Yosef would have affected versus the kind of geula that Yehuda affects. To borrow a phrase from the book of Rus, Yosef's approach is, the geula has to happen in a setting that is good and conducive. The geula has to be in a place of light and revelation of godliness. If it's not light, sorry, we can't help you. Whereas Yehuda's approach, also borrowing still from the same conversation in Rus, I'll have to personally get involved to rescue you. That is a gula affected by Hashem's essence. And that helps us understand even further why the Pasuk, which describes gula and the transformation of days of fasting into days of joy, is specifically linked to Beis Yehuda and specifically to Moshiach. Which part of Moshiach? The second supernatural phase of Moshiach. Besides the obvious that we've already said, to change a fast into a yomtev is unnatural. But it goes further than that. We know that there are two, so to speak, phases of elevation that will happen in the future world. There's going to be this big, beautiful su'uda with this mythical fish creature and this mythical uh, bovine creature. Which is some kind of eating and drinking, whether it's literal eating and drinking or not, various explanations. But it is associated with taking things on board, ingesting them in the way that you do when you eat. And then we have, as the description goes in the Gemara, that ultimately, the Rambam brings us as well, is a place where there actually is no eating, there's no drinking, there's no physical experiences. That's telling us about the phases of Moshiach's times and that there are two distinctions there. 
time where you eat, time where you don't. What's the difference? Eating and drinking in Olam Haba is not eating and drinking as we know it. Rather, they are metaphoric of the fact that a person may have very personal enjoyment and pleasure from good food. So, multiplying and exponentially, that's the kind of pleasure that a person will have from appreciating godliness because he'll actually understand things in a way we've never understood before when Mashiach comes. We do Torah in this world in order to earn the rights to be able to have that incredible experience of godliness that, that, that's so deep and, and pleasurable to us. But in the second phase of Moshiach, we get to encounter Hashem's essence, which is beyond something that can be revealed, detected, experienced, described. It's not something you can grasp with your digestive system, including the intellectual digestive system. And the only way we deserve access to that experience is through having done tshuva in this world. And by standing firm in our commitment to Yiddishkeit to the point of sacrifice, which is something that we experience in Golas. That gives us an insight also into the distinction between the two phases of the time of Moshiach. The first phase of Moshiach's coming, the Rambam says, we'll be free of all the stressful the experiences of our world, and we can just learn Torah. We can sit and eat and drink the wealth of, of, of Torah knowledge. Relatable things that each time it opens our eyes and reveals something to us which makes us go, wow. But then there's going to be a second phase where the entire world as we know it is completely appended. Which is a period where there's no eating. That's where we access Hashem's essence. That's why what is linked to that second supernatural essence of Hashem phase of Moshiach, because Yehuda is getting the job done even when the chips are down, even when the odds are against us, even when we're under tremendous pressure, we go ahead and we do it. That's what gives access to deserving Hashem's essence. We can link this, as we said in the beginning of the Sikha, not just generically to fasts, but specifically to Asara Batevis out of all the fasts. Because if Asara Batevis would fall on a Shabbos, we would not be able to defer it because the description of Asara Batevis is it's the essence of the day, which is similar to Yom Kippur. It has to be on the day. And that's why it does actually happen that Asara Batevis could fall on a Friday and we fast on Friday even though you're not supposed to normally. So what does this mean? The deeper meaning is this. What is Asara Batevis? What happened? The Tanis when Asara Batevis is mitzadeh was demot otzich ungeim de matzah if Yerushalayim. Asara Batevis marks the first siege of Yerushalayim. This was the beginning of a path that will lead to all the other misfortunes associated with the other fasts. In Shivas of Tammuz Nifka, here on the 17th of Tammuz, they breached the city. On Tishav of Churm Beis Amigdash, and on Tishav they destroyed the Beis Amigdash, and Gimel Betishariges Gedali, and subsequently on the 3rd of Tishrei, when they were under the custody of the Babylonians, they would kill and therefore have to 
have the fallout of killing Gedalia. So therefore, because Sarabatavis is the, the beginning and therefore the source of all the misfortune, that's why it's a much harsher fast with much more strict halachas than the other fasts. So now that we understand that Asura Batavis is the root of all the other fasts that commemorate Khurban, we can also understand as the Chuba Vas Deretzaim Ruftaroisis Biyasa says Viasa Oiz with the Chuba Tuchti Andretzaimus must also mean that the kind of Chuba that the fast of Tevas can awaken within us is the root of all other Chuba that all the other fasts could awaken. Which means that the tshuva of Asara Bateves can drive us to the essence of Hashem more than the tshuva of any other fast. Like we said about the Beis Yehuda, because they've been through the, the real difficulties of Shibud, therefore it connects them to the essence of Hashem. And that's the deeper meaning of why we would not defer an Asura Batavis that clashed with Shabbos. Because if you really analyze things objectively, the deeper meaning of Asura Batavis is even more powerful than Shabbos itself. Why? It's similar to the so-called distress that we impose on ourselves in Yom Kippur, which is higher than Shabbos. The fasting of Yom Kippur is like the time of Olam Haba, where there's no food. It's not a lack of food. It's no need for food. You're higher than food. If you're higher from Shabbos, what's Shabbos? Shabbos is a day of food. Shabbos is a day of eating, whether that be literal eating or feeding ourselves with meaningful insight from Torah. Aserba Tevis is beyond food. Because the tshuva that can be stimulated on Asar B'tavis directly links us to Hashem's essence, which will be revealed in the stage of the world to come, where there will be no further eating and drinking, because we will be beyond it. And that revelation should happen to us. We shouldn't have any delays. We should see Mashiach now and go straight to this phase of Elam Abba.